Hello and welcome to Digfin Vox, Voices in Digital Finance. I'm your host, James DiBiazio. If you enjoy the program, give us a like, subscribe, let the algorithm know. My guest today is Bertrand Billon, founder and CEO of Ilex, a Singapore-based fintech focused on the digitization of loan markets. We spoke about change in regulation and market habits that are driving a move toward digitization and how much has yet to be done. Bertrand Bion, welcome to Digfin Vox. Good afternoon, James. Thanks for inviting. My pleasure, Bertrand. I've been looking forward to having this conversation. I've been sort of keeping an eye on ILEX for uh, for a number of years um, and haven't really had the chance to connect with you because of no traveling during COVID and so on. So keen to speak with you. Uh, you're building a platform to digitize a marketplace for uh, bank syndicated loans and private debt. Um, and you've recently completed a fundraise. So before we get into that, just tell us very briefly about your background, Bertrand, and, and how you came to be the founder of, of ILEX. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, well, um, my name is Bertrand Millon. I'm French, as you can hear. Uh, I've been in Asia for uh, about 15 years now, working in Europe, in Asia, on capital markets, um, in the consulting industry, uh, and as well into the investment banking industry as CFO and CEO roles. Uh, I'm married. I have two kids. I uh, love sports uh, and traveling, and so I came to create ILEX three years ago. Uh, that was my second venture. Um, and so the first one was in consulting, quite successful business that uh, we exited uh, in, uh, in 2018. So that's about me. And uh, yeah, started ILEX three years ago on the premises that the loan space was going digital. So uh, Bertrand, why haven't loans been digitized before? Well, um, that, that's one of the business uh, in the banks that uh, was mostly, uh, you know, buy and hold, you see it on your balance sheet. So there was no real intention to sell loans. You were just lending money to your borrowers. And then came GFC in 2008, uh, where banks had to change the way they run their business in the loan space because of capital requirements, Basel II requirements. And so they had to move to what we call an originate to distribute model where they need to sell loans. Hence the uh, syndication, secondary markets. And so that was a little bit the last frontier in capital markets where we've seen since the emergence of new players like private debt funds, uh, asset managers, insurers coming to the market. So that's the rationale be beyond the need for market infrastructure, a marketplace where all these new players and historical players can gather and they need solutions to communicate to trade loans, to book their loans. And that was mostly done on Excel and emails for, for years. So that's that's the rationale. There was a lack of investment in the industry. So we have equities, obviously, is super simple. You know, you go to a stock exchange, everything in that, at least in that geography, is there. Uh, and, and there's uh, lots of standardized ways to, to trade, see the prices, et cetera. Uh, Bonds uh, have gone electronic. Uh, it's still sort of a work in progress, but uh, and obviously an individual bond has its own unique securities. But nonetheless, it's a publicly traded instrument. 
Loans, though, they're different, right? I mean, we're talking about bilateral, usually instruments. There might be some NDAs or some sort of covenants uh, in these. Uh, you know, they can be quite complex and idiosyncratic. So what do you need to accommodate that idiosyncrasity in these instruments? That's true. I mean, bonds is probably halfway, uh, but that's a good benchmark for us because it's the same product at the end of the day. It's uh, a venture. Yeah. And um, so one is public, one is private. Um, one of the, the key is really to mimic uh, the specific specificities of the, of the loan market in our platform. So meaning that you don't trade loans on prices. You need to trade by invitations. There are protocols uh, like price discovery, investor discovery, where it's very specific. And then you need to pay more particular attention at data models because they are more complex. As you mentioned, the description of a loan contract or a credit agreement is much more complex than uh, a security. Uh, but that's not preventing us from progressing uh, because uh, what you need to trade alone is only a small chunk of the credit agreement. Many other things are more legal and would be the same for like a bond uh, where many of the things are not traded. So it's not really a barrier. Uh, we, we would like to see a bit more of standardizations. Uh, the most liquid loans are typically term loan Bs uh, in, in the US where, where you have more standardization documentation. So we, we, we hope we can see more of this and we contribute to that uh, by working on common standards with our partners in terms of loan description, static data, and other things like this. Can you give me a sense of what liquidity is like? So in if I talk to people on trading desk in capital mar traditional capital markets, public securities, you know, liquidity is, you know, the aside from maybe price and valuation, liquidity is kind of like the, the be all end all, I, I think. Um, mm -hmm. But loans must be very difficult to create that kind of liquidity. I mean, traditionally, the secondary market for loans, right, you needed a bank to go out and syndicate a specific deal to specific people. Um, so, you know, are you, is your platform able to, to create liquidity that did not exist before in this industry? Yeah, exactly. I mean, one of the, the key for platforms, not only ILX, other platform is to make to open up the market a bit more and make sure the assets can rotate more easily. Uh, so what we call about asset velocity. Uh, just to give you a few numbers, uh, new issuance in loans every year in syndicated loans. I mean, things which get distributed is roughly $6 trillion. Um, some liquid loans like leverage loans trade in the secondary market around $1 trillion a year, especially in the US and Europe. And we estimate that other type of loans trade around $1 trillion as well in the secondary market, but it is more under the radar and uh, uh, on an over-the-counter basis. But this is growing because of these new regulations, the intention from very large banks to grow their advisory loan business and, uh, and really uh, manage their balance sheet much more actively. Mm -hmm. The other aspect that we're seeing, I guess, is a complexity in this market is because of those regulations that you cited after the global financial crisis, um, the rise of non-bank participants, right? So particularly private equity, right? Private equity or private capital firms have become huge issuers of, you know, or facilitators of debt issuance. Um, you know, they, they themselves, are, that seems to be where the people can take risk. Uh, they can they, they can do more, it seems, than what banks can do. Um, but a lot of that arose in a, 
you know, in in the previous era that we are, that has just ended of of low or zero interest rates, now we have an interest rate change. Um, is that putting in peril some of these business models that I guess implicitly would be required for you to be a success? I mean, you need more of these players to be growing their business. Is this a, a good time to be launching this kind of platform or is this going to be a, a headwind? No, it's really in our favor, in fact, because when you think of, of bonds, the volatility of interest rate is a big problem because it's a lot of mark to markets, fixed, mm-hmm. fixed interest rate. The, the, the loan space is more trading credit spread. And uh, so it's more about credit. Uh, these are usually floating rates, uh, reference and reference rates. So usually in times of high interest rate, uh, that can be in favor of loans. Uh, we see clearly the, the private debt market continue to grow. It's still a small chunk of the overall market, uh, about a trillion dollars as well of uh, asset under management for the very large private debt funds, the like of Aris, Apollo, uh, KKR, and others. They are very active into the uh, LEV loans, so leverage loans, so um, acquisition finance loans, because that meets their investment criteria. And these are the loans that are most liquid. Um, they are traded by CLOs uh, where they actively manage positions. But we see as well growth in other uh, loan uh, instruments like uh, project finance, infrastructure, where there is a strong demand for what we call real asset financing, ESG or, or sustainable loans. So it's it's really another aspect or part of the market that it's growing fast. And with there is a lot of demand from institutional investors. The what we were talking about, we started to talk about the the financial crisis of two thousand and eight. Uh, <clears throat> that was obviously where you had um, you know securitization run amok uh, in U.S., uh, particularly in U.S. housing loans. Uh, if you digitize this space to create a marketplace, uh, for better or for worse, uh, what kind of you know does that create different ways for securitization? Uh, does it create new areas of liquidity? Could it potentially create new risk where it becomes much easier to perhaps to transfer these these things? Um, yeah, just curious. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's a very, very good question. Um, historically, you have three ways of managing your balance sheets. One is uh, insurance, credit insurance, which is uh, still working. Securitization, which has dropped, but it's coming back. And then secondary loan market. Okay, so basically just going into the market. So we are more in, on the third one. But we are exploring with some partners the potential of digital assets and digital loans mm-hmm. to tokenize very large syndicated loans more effectively or private debt um, instruments. There are lots of barriers to that, but that would facilitate, uh, I would say, the slicing uh, of loans and the incorporation into um, you know, debt strategies from, for funds. So there is a potential. Uh, securitization is very expensive, uh, very complex, um, especially in the loans that we trade, which are investment grade and very, very large loans. Like we, we talk of loans of $100 million and above. So um, very different from the uh, MBS or you know uh, other type of, of, of uh, securitization. To what extent to drive liquidity on your platform, do you also need there to be other types of actors that may not have been there before because there wasn't a digital marketplace. So I'm thinking in the bonds world, you've got credit rating agencies, right? And you know, you've got the big three and everybody relies on them to provide some sort of credit rating to those instruments. Uh, in the loans world, is there anything like that? Or do you need 
to see the the rise of these kinds of other could be fintechs or or traditionals uh, to to help create that ecosystem to to build your own business. Yes, uh, you're, that's exactly what we try to do. We try to gather uh, you know people who are really specialists in the loan space, build that ecosystem. We are really open architecture at ILX, so we are connecting with data providers, the like of Refinitiv, which is one of the leader in the loan space for new issuances. Uh, we work with uh, S&P Global for ratings, for pricing data. So there are already providers, but we are trying to, to gather and aggregate all this information in, in, in one platform. And then, of course, we need to collaborate with uh, people who are more on the pre-trade or post-trade services. So the like of uh, uh, you know booking or agency systems uh, or origination systems. So we have a, a number of, of partnerships in place uh, because we don't intend to digitize everything. It's not possible, but just to work on building better market infrastructure for the future. Yeah. And how much of that is, exists today and how much of it is stuff that you're just thinking, okay, this is what we're going to need? Oh, the, the platform is already up and running. Uh, and uh, we, we have about three, close to 300 financial institutions using it today uh, in APAC and in Europe. So uh, it's already in use. It's already quite rich, functionally speaking. I mean, we do primary, we do secondary, we do uh, kind of CRM or investor intel, market analytics. Everything is there. We, we, we are expanding the product in portfolio management, what we call business activity monitoring. So a lot of new features. Uh, we really believe in the power of communications as well, like uh, voice over IP, you know, uh, all these VC conferencing because loan is a private market. So very exciting. So you had to create sort of like safe deal rooms and that kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Uh, so that, that includes like uh, data rooms um, and uh, the whole value chain uh, of distribution from listing assets, what we call listing or creating assets on the platform till the closing and the settlement of the trades. Um, so that's that's the strength of ILEX is the only today all-in platform where you can really do uh, primary, secondary in all geographies and really have a, a model which is quite unique in this kind of SaaS model where, where we implement at banks and really uh, support the integration of ILEX within their day-to-day -day processes. So it's not like a one-off exchange where you do one trade it's really a tool meant for loan professionals to to manage their loan business day to day yeah what's the difference of doing this in let's say europe slash asia versus um i think you have some competitors in the united states uh is there a different market structure in the u.s that makes that a sort of a, a separate pool a separate ecosystem or uh is it just coincidental that you happen to be here and some other players in the digital space are over there and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, that was a choice uh, to start in Asia because first the competition was less and it was really nation. Um, and for us, it was much more easy to start working with different players in the region from Japan, Australia, Singapore and European banks. The US market is very competitive and it's uh, really concentrated on a number of very, very large players, of course. It's much more uh, a level on market and a, a market which is driven by the, the funds, the very large uh, funds that we've mentioned. Uh, so there is a uh, there are a few platforms looking more at the trading on prices of CLOs and, and, and level loans, but which is fairly different from what we do. Um, the difference after is that there is a level of 
sophistication or maturity of the market, which is fairly different as well from one region to another. Uh, there are less capital constraints in Asia, so uh, it's probably a bit slower in terms of uh, adopting uh, originate to distribute models, but we see pockets of liquidity emerging and new players uh, across the region. And of course, our presence in Europe is growing very fast with uh, our European um, clients uh, in the UK already, in France, in Spain, we've we are we are opening up uh, Italy, uh, Germany. So it's really growing fast. Uh, there is a strong demand for digitization right now uh, because banks need to restore profitability and be more efficient in the way they they, they process uh, their their loan business. What's the for you? How do you solve that chicken and egg problem when you're trying to you enter a new market or perhaps you enter a new uh, capital market segment? Uh, do you get this thing running by getting the, the big funds, uh, the private equity players to come first, or do you have to get the banks on first? Uh, you, you know, how do you get that flywheel moving? That's that's the the whole things about marketplaces and whether it be it like in capital markets or anything of marketplace, you, you have a lot of chicken and eggs issues to solve. Like uh, you need buyers, and sellers or sellers and buyers and you need products as well which is very important um so the way we've looked at it is that we partner with a lot of sell side banks uh because they are the one uh issuing loans and and managing you know the, the market making a little bit the, the, the loan market so our sales team and our our client team is is uh Two side, two sided. I mean, one is looking after our large sales side clients and really uh, uh, working with them on rolling rolling out the platform on their different loan businesses, and then we have a, a team which is more looking to uh, acquire the, uh, the the smaller banks and the buy on the buyer side uh, at the same time. So that's what we've done fairly well, uh, pretty well in the last three years, uh, because I think this is quite unique to have so many market participants in such a small period of time onboarding banks is always uh quite painful uh it's it's a long process and and we've been pretty good at this uh and so we are very happy with the the, the results so far but we still want to grow that network uh and and bring it to the kind of thousand plus uh organization very soon yeah can you give us some insight into the numbers like the number of of, of deals or volumes of deals um uh you know what, what kind of insight can you give us into how the yeah, business sure. is involved? um yeah just to give you an idea uh last year we uh we managed about 300 deals in apac uh so that's a mix of primary and secondaries which is a good start i, I would say because there are not like thousands of deals uh every year in the secondary market in asia uh so uh, a meaningful chunk or, or market share last year, but we really want to grow that secondary uh, in Europe and in Asia this year and, and augment our presence and, and in, increase our presence in the primary market, especially on the on the real asset financing that I mentioned earlier, like things which are more private credit type, um, uh, type of loans. So yeah, so about $10 billion uh, last year, uh, 10 plus, and uh, we hope to, to continue to grow. We have very large uh, players uh, coming on board this quarter and next quarter uh, in Europe and in Asia. So I think that by the end of the year, we can 
count of roughly having 25 of the top 50 book runners in our markets on the platform. So, and to see the volumes grow uh, accordingly. Yeah. How do you see the digitization side versus the traditional, I guess, um, I, I don't know what the word is, the traditional syndication process? Um, um, do you see digitization displacing that? Uh, or is it more for new issuance, new new you know, deals that get originated uh, to, to come into your platform? What's the you know, the relative size of the digital side versus the syndicated side and you know, I would not uh, with each other or is it a different no, type I, of business? Good, I mean, I would really distinguish the uh, digital assets, which is for probably five, 10 years down the line, which is something that we need to work on, but it's not mature. Uh, so when we say digitization of the loan space really means digitizing the, the process, the interactions between market participants, and creating connections between all these participants to create uh, transparency on the market, some more liquidity, and most importantly, more efficiencies uh, in, in the process. So that, that's what we mean by digitization. It's a, it's a trans transformational digitization uh, of, the, of the market. And uh, of let, me, let me just, okay, so I, I wasn't clear on my question, so let me rephrase. Your 10 billion um, volume figure that you hope to reach by the end of the year, Batron, um, how does that compare in terms of size of the overall syndicated bond, syndicated loan marketplace uh, in Asia and Europe? And you know, are you, okay, you know, give it. us that context? So, are you is ten billion oh, like amazing, or is it like uh, no, 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 it's, it's, or, it's, it's a very small start. I mean, um, it, it's uh, it's a long process to get the whole market, you know, to to be digitized. Digitized. So I mentioned, you know, if you're seeing that uh, the, the loan market every year is probably about seven eight trillion dollars so that's a very small share uh, but we believe that you know we will grow that we will never reach 100 percent i mean if you look at the bond space after 15 years they are roughly at 40 50 percent of digitization or electronification trading yeah mm -hmm. yeah so that's uh uh it's really working with our clients to make this happen we we believe that working with the large uh sell side banks uh, is helpful to educate the markets. Uh, there is a lot of change management to be done uh, to understand the way it works on a platform versus uh, analog. And uh, so that's what we do every day. It's really uh, spending time with the market participants and explaining what's the new process. Is there a point at which you mentioned that you start off in, in Asia, at least in places like Australia, Japan, Singapore, where you're based. Uh, so the, the more mature markets, uh, do you have, uh, is there a, a scope to go into the emerging markets here? So the way the, the, the syndicated market works is that some some markets are very local for, for some constraints on currency exchange, exchange or, or limitations. So many uh, markets are, are local, but you would still have the financing of some project of some la very large companies in Southeast Asia, in India, um, across the region, which are syndicated from Singapore, from Hong Kong, from Sydney. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that's the way it works. So you have two markets. One is the international market, which is more liquid, more, more global. And then you would have the more local market, which tends to be local players. So we focus first on the international or regional market, but we have projects with some players to establish local marketplaces as well. 
Okay. You recently uh, completed a $4.5 million raise. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what funding conditions are like right now, because obviously for, for fintechs, it's been a tough environment, uh, mm -hmm. but you were still able to, to get that away. Um, you know, did you have to uh, sacrifice something in terms of the covenants to, to get the money or was it easy or, you know, what's your, been your experience when it comes to the funding side? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not an easy exercise for two reasons. First, Ilex operates in a market which is not that, where, where VCs are not very familiar with the syndicated market, you know, they would know equities, they would know bonds, and they would probably know much more about payments, BNPL, all these, these topics. So first, we need to explain what we do, and there are only a, a handful of, of, you know, funds that can look into our our investment thesis. Uh, but so that's what we happened is that we, we, we were in talks for already several months with uh, a few investors that really wants to invest into capital markets and loan capital markets or debt capital markets. So they were very sharp in, uh, in uh, the, the dynamics of our market and the need for, and the potential of, of this market, which is huge when you think about it. There are probably more than 100 bond platforms today for corporate bonds and, and loans is equivalent in terms of size of market. So we, we closed in December. Uh, of course, we were very happy to, to close because the market was quite tough and um, the conditions in the market were, were quite uh, difficult. So that gives us more visibility on our strategy uh, we've been always cautious about the way we we uh, we spend our money, uh, trying to be uh, profitable as as soon as we can, or at least break even. So, yes, are, are you profitable now, or is that? Oh, no, it's it's uh, something planned for twenty twenty four. So that's uh, that's progressing well, uh, but we still need to invest uh, in client acquisition, in new geographies, uh, new features. So the money is really meant to accelerate our product roadmap and uh, our, ex our expansion in uh, both both in Europe and in Asia as well, because we, we continue to grow in Asia. Yeah. And what kind of valuation uh, did the company achieve with your last raise? Uh, so that's a tough one. Uh, not the other unicorn. Uh, <laughs> but um, so I can't really disclose uh, the, the numbers, but... Uh, we, we are working hard on, on making the valuation interesting for our investors, but our prime driver is really client satisfaction, uh, building the, the, the revenue model, because this is fairly new for the industry as well. There is no real benchmark. So we tend not to focus too much on fundraising and, um, and valuation, but more on growing the company uh, sustainably, I would say, uh, because the pace of building uh, innovation in capital markets is, is different from traditional B2B or B2C uh, uh, markets. What's I know it's early days. The company's only about three years old uh, and you have a lot of work ahead of you. But what do you think is the, the exit for you? You know, what's the ultimate goal that you hope to achieve uh, at some point? That there is no real limit about, I mean, the, the TAM, the total addressable market is, is quite huge. We, we believe it's roughly $500 million or, or both. Uh, there are lots of things to be done, not only in distribution, but in origination, in post-trade services, in data. So we really want to expand first geographically. So we want to be a global player and the unique, uh, one of the only global players uh, in the loan space. 
um, and and partner with uh, our existing uh, uh, you know investors which are in the industry uh, and and some partners uh, as well uh, on the industrial front. So we have not really uh, any exits uh, in mind uh, at this stage. Uh, it's really uh, still a bit early to say. Uh, I would like to build a, a company with my team, which is um, which is different. That's my second venture. The first one was successful, and I, I think we really want to to put the focus on our clients and our people first. Great. Well, Bertrand, thank you so much for joining me today on Digfin Vox. Thanks, Jim, and uh, looking forward to the next conversation. Thanks a lot. Okay.